hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of How I Built It is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is our season-long sponsor. Liquid Web has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options. It's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptimes, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the partner you've been looking for. Every Liquid Web managed WordPress customer has iTheme Sync integrated into their managed portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. Liquid Web hosts all of my critical websites and I couldn't be happier with them. If you sign up today using the discount code HOWIBUILTIT33, you get 33% off for the next six months. Visit buildpodcast.net slash liquid to get started. That's buildpodcast.net net slash liquid. It's also brought to you by SiteLock. I'm sure you know how passionate I am about the ability to utilize WordPress to start and grow a business. However, did you know that the average website experiences 22 attacks per day? That is, if I do some quick math, 8,000 attacks per year per website. Website security is clearly a serious business, and that's why I choose SiteLock. For those of you who don't know, SiteLock is not only the global leader in website security, but they have maintained a dedicated focus on serving the WordPress community. Their automated cloud-based solutions find and fix threats, prevent future attacks, accelerate website performance, improve trust, and protect reputation. Plus, they have an amazing team of US-based security experts that are available to assist 24-7. This combination of technology and expertise allows you and me to focus on our businesses while they ensure our sites and the visitors are protected from cyber threats. Call 855-759-1108 or visit buildpodcast.net slash site lock today to get a free quote. And as a special bonus, the first 50 people to call We'll also get a free extra large SiteLock t-shirt. Now, today's guest is the team over at GiveWP. If you don't know what GiveWP is, well, you'll learn a bit more about it on the show, but it's essentially a way for you to easily accept pledges and donations on your WordPress site. And I really, really loved talking to the guys over at GiveWP uh, about developing the software But also, uh, one of the big main points we hit was about uh, support and building a good support system for your software. So uh, we talk about that and just a whole lot more in this fantastic episode. Uh, I loved it. I hope you love it as much as I did. So without further ado, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guests are... Matt Cromwell and Devin Walker of GiveWP. Guys, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. 
no problem. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Uh, I learned about you a while ago. I had uh, Ben on the show uh, a few weeks ago at this point talking about one of his side projects. But I originally reached out to him to talk about GiveWP, so he sent me your way. So why don't we jump right into it? Why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what you do and how you came up with the idea? Sure. My name is Devin, and um, I'm the lead developer of Give, and I've been working with WordPress for probably eight years now, and we started this company about four years ago, and since then we've been uh, growing year over year since. And uh, I'm Matt Cromwell. I'm one of the co-authors of Give with Devin, and uh, I'm head of support here. And uh, yeah, like you said, we're happy. Things are going well. We're about we're going into our third year now of Give. It feels like it was only yesterday. It was a baby. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And how did you come up with the idea for Give? Uh, yeah, so we um, were working with a lot of nonprofit clients originally when we started our company, and all of them had the need to accept donations, and unfortunately. A lot of the tools that were out during the time weren't specifically meant for accepting donations. We're using a lot of uh, e-commerce platforms to kind of muscle donations through. And then also uh, various form builders, which kind of lacked a lot of the uh, reporting and some of the donor management features that we thought were uh, necessary. You could kind of get those from the e-commerce platforms, but then the donor experience lacked. And there was, there was just a give and take every uh, which way we went. There were cloud solutions available, but being in the WordPress um, environment and working with the clients that we were, we knew that a lot of those solutions wouldn't fit as well. So we put our heads together and uh, decided that we wanted to build something that could solve that that issue that we kept running into. And uh, we spent, you know, a couple months drafting up the idea, going through, you know, the the process of developing the product, and then eventually uh, onto like the beta launch and release. Nice. Very nice. So, I mean, it's essentially you guys were uh, scratching an itch that you had. Is that right? Yeah, for you... sure. Yeah. I mean, the it, it, pretty much anyone at that time that was working with nonprofits knew that donations were problematic in WordPress. And so there was an obvious need and no one had really like nailed it yet. So we, we were like, let's make sure that we nail it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've done plenty of work for nonprofits and it's always a uh, copy and paste the HTML that PayPal gives you and mm-hmm. put it on the site. So you got this big, ugly PayPal button. Yeah. But yeah, so, so this sounds great. So this actually reminds me a lot of, of a uh, Patreon, right? Which is like a hosted solution. Are you guys familiar with that at all? Yeah. Yep. yep. So would you say it compares uh, to Patreon or it's a, it does more or less than that or. Patreon's a different uh, type of fundraising. It's a very specific kind that's focused a lot more on milestones and whatnot. And they have some other types of variety as well. But they they were really launched more as in a specific type of, of fundraising technique. So kind of like a, a hosted form of Kickstarter in, in many ways. Whereas we're more focused on the general online donation need in general, uh, not on a specific type of fundraising. Um, so we're, we're branching out more and more into different kinds of fundraising. Uh, and a lot of people have extended Give in different ways to do different types of fundraising with Give. That's the beauty of being open source and extensible and whatnot. But uh, uh, we're, we're, we're a little bit more general usage uh, rather than specific. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. And 
you know, I had uh, Andy Stitt on the show in season two talking about, you know, developing websites for nonprofits. And there's, uh, I think, probably a stigma, right, of doing work for nonprofits, that there's no money uh, in doing work for nonprofits. But GiveWP, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, is it freemium? Is it free with paid add-ons? Is that right? Correct. And you guys are building a business around that, right? Yeah. Or you've built a business around it, clearly. Yeah. Cool. So are most of your customers uh, like nonprofit organizations or, or web developers who do work for nonprofits? or A little of both. I mean, the nonprofit organizations are the end result of how Give is implemented most often, whether or not it's the actual uh, employee, like a secretary or a, or a tech guy from the nonprofit, or it's an agency or a freelancer that's implementing it on their behalf. It's, you know, we kind of think it's kind of 40-40 and then 20% uh, miscellaneous <laughs> gotcha. in terms of customer base. But um, that generally speaking, nonprofits love using Give. So, and they are the large majority of our, our customers for sure. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it makes absolute sense, right? If you're going to use something that enables you to make more money for your organization, it makes sense to pay for the better tool to help you make more money. But, you know, aside from that, I can, I recently launched a Patreon, but I could see myself moving that kind of functionality, which is why I asked before, kind of selfishly, uh, over to give because it's, it's a similar model that gives me more control. And if I'm not benefiting from the audience uh, that Patreon would give me, you know, it's, it's better to just keep all the profits for myself as, as much as possible, at least. So, Great. Uh, so we spent uh, a few minutes about kind of getting listeners acclimated with the idea of GiveWP and, and uh, all of its great uses. We touched on this a little bit, but what kind of research did you do when jumping into maybe, is this your first paid plugin? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Okay. So then what kind of research did you do specifically for GiveWP to like market that and get that out into the open? Yeah, well, we did a lot of uh, outreach to our current customers or clients that we were working with. As I mentioned, we were working with a number of nonprofits. And um, Matt did a lot of, um, you know, idea kind of uh, passing off through his uh, connections as well to see what they thought about it, what kind of features they most want to see, you know, and, and what you know, type of admin interface and, and front end interface would be best put together for the plugin. So, you know, it was a good couple of uh, weeks, probably four to eight weeks that we spent kind of in the idea phase, kind of, uh, you know, hashing out these, these details that, you know, would eventually become the plugin. Nice. Yeah. So tapping your, your kind of current bases, uh, based on what other guests have told me as well is, is a, just a great starting point, right? You have, people who need what you're building. Uh, so it's it's kind of easy to, to draw from them. On that same token, are you guys part of a mastermind group or do you talk to people about the business side of things? Kind of like your uh, like colleagues or contemporaries? Uh, yeah, I'm a part of a mastermind. I've been a part of, I think, two or three now. I'm in one right now uh, with a lot of good folks who do similar type of platforms. All WordPress developers within it, um, business owners, and, uh, and Matt's been in a couple too. Yeah, I, most of the 
insights I get w along those lines typically are more one-to-one one -one, uh, with mm -hmm. just relationships that I've built over time. I, I love to ping folks on Facebook and be like, hey, you got 10 minutes to chat about subscriptions or something like that. And um, I, you know, th that's what's great about the WordPress community in general is everybody's so eager to share their insights and their knowledge. And I take advantage of that every time I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this podcast would not exist without people like you and my previous guests coming on and sharing their stories and their insights. So uh, I'm definitely appreciative of that as well. So we've talked a lot about kind of the, the building the plugin at this point, and we're getting to the title question. But Matt, you mentioned that you're head of support. Is that right? Yep. So do you uh, like research any techniques or tools or things like that to help with the support side? Have you ex experimented with like different types of support? Yeah, actually, when we launched Give, we were using uh, BBPress for our main support tool. And I really enjoyed it because it was, you know, embedded in the WordPress space and built by WordPress folks and open source. I like the idea that support was very public. It did definitely generate some SEO juice for our website as well. But we found that basically we didn't have any data about our support at all. Uh, we didn't know how we were doing. Like, how quickly do we answer tickets? How quickly can we close them? How many tickets do we even have? We didn't, I mean, BBPress doesn't have that information baked into it. We started building out a bunch of different tools and using a hodgepodge of different BBPress uh, forum uh, extensions um, that others had built for support purposes. And we just found that we were spending so much time trying to make BBPress work to our purposes rather than actually doing the support that we decided to go to Help Scout, which is a very common move that a lot of WordPress shops do. And since doing that, it basically for me opened up the floodgates of, of data that I'm able to analyze exactly uh, where who our customers are and, and what kind of questions they're asking and how quickly we respond to them and how many responses do they get. Um, that's opened up a lot for us. So Help Scout has been major. I, I still want them to improve a lot um, <laughs> and uh, I have lots of needs <laughs> that I I, I'm, I'm one of the gripey customers of Help Scout. Like, <laughs> why, why don't you have, why haven't you fixed this yet? Why haven't you done that yet? But um, that, that's been really good. And I also have, uh, I did actually a presentation last year at WordCamp LA on scaling support with data. And that kind of shares a lot of what I've been doing in terms of we're at that point, we're just starting to grow at that point. And, and I wanted to know, what I should expect in terms of what if what if I wake up on a Monday and I've got five times as many tickets as I can handle? Like I, I didn't want that to ever be the case. So I wanted to get some sort of formula in place to know where our trends and sales and support tickets were going so that I knew when I needed to push the gas to hire some new support. So and that's that's proven really valuable. So that's awesome. Uh, so I'm going to assuming that your talk is up on WordCamp TV. It I is, will yeah. link great. I will link that in the show notes for anybody interested. But I love that. I love that I have both of you on the show because building the product is one thing. I feel like for a lot of uh, people, or maybe just me, uh, like support is kind of an afterthought. Like I'm going to launch the product and then I'll think about support later. But it's it's really important to get out in front of, especially if you have a product, because uh, if you get you know the same question a hundred times a day, there's probably things that you can do to better field or manage or prevent you from getting that question a hundred times a day, right? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the the way we think about, actually, the reason why we're both on here and the way that we run everything is because all of these different departments overlap with each other a lot. We can't do quality development without the insight and feedback that we get from our support channel. And we can't do really good marketing unless that's informed by our development. And and marketing gets a lot of insights just by jumping in Help Scout uh, regularly. And so for us, the whole thing is a very much a, a team endeavor. Uh, we None of it could really happen without the other. So the same just with support, like everything I do right now is really highly dependent on my team uh, to get it done. And it, it, it's super important. But I mean, there's a Pressnomics, I think two years ago, uh, Brian Crossgard did this great presentation about uh, the state of business, WordPress businesses. And one thing he said that will stick with me forever, he's like, you built a plugin, congratulations, you're a support company. And it's really, really true. I mean, you can't, you can't function uh, in the WordPress space if you have a product without high quality support. And the folks that don't put support front and center don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's great. Well, that's excellent. I really love what, what Brian Krogsgaard said. It makes uh, perfect sense. And now that we are about halfway through the show, let's get to the title question. So since I've got both of you on, I know, Matt, you just talked a little bit about your tools, but maybe you can expand on a couple or talk about techniques. But how did you build GiveWP? And you could talk about your process or your tools or whatever. And then how did you... Maybe talk about the first time, Matt, that you had to scale support and how you built that scaling, how you built that to scale. Yeah. Tools for me, I mean, basically, are um, the things that I interact with every single day are Help Scout, GitHub, PHP Storm, and my local environment, which currently is desktop server. And uh, those things for me are the crux of how I get everything done. When it comes to understanding uh, my customers, of course, and the way support is going, I take the data that I find in Help Scout, and they have some really good reports that are come right out of the box. You could just click a couple buttons and get a pretty decent report uh, of an overview. But for me, I also needed to know how support related to sales. That for me, knowing I can only know what the debt, what the trend is if I understand support tickets compared to sales numbers. And those numbers aren't in Help Scout. So what I did is take our sales data and I put it into a Google spreadsheet. I take our Help Scout data, put that into the Google spreadsheet, line them up in different columns, and then I push through my, my different formulas. My formula I use week to week now is actually very different than the one that I shared at WordCamp LA last year, but uh, it's all based on the same idea that I, that I have to understand uh, support ticket numbers uh, compared to sales numbers. And all of that, basically, that's my, my, my final tool is Google Spreadsheets, basically, uh, or Excel or whatever you'd like to use. But um, uh, plugging that in there and, and running those formulas that way is, is uh, crucial for me personally. Does that answer your question or am I getting at the heart of it? Not totally sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. It's a pretty open-ended question, so I get a lot of different answers. But that was really good. You kind of talked about your tools and why you have those tools. So, Devin, why don't we talk to you about the the development side of things? You know, what was your approach to developing Give and stuff like that? Yes, sir. So, um, 
when we first started off, um, you know, and got to the phase where we're thinking about or we're going forward with the development of the product, I knew that, um, you know, we're in the open source world and there's a lot of code that we can use to kind of get us ahead within the timeline of development of it. So we did a lot of development on our own, but we also looked at other resources out there in the open source world, which we could leverage to, you know, do things like um, build the front end form or power the, the engine that manages a lot of the processing of donations in the back end. So we, you know, leveraged a lot of open source code and kind of forked that into what became the initial beta give and have been iterating on that for about two and a half years since making it really um, our own code base and our own uh, extendable framework, if you will. And uh, it really allowed us to bootstrap our company and to get to market a whole heck of a lot faster than um, if we were to just build this all from scratch. So, you know, there's a lot of different types of developers out there that really can see the power and, and can harness the open source environment or, you know, community that we're in. And, and um, then there's others who want to really just build everything from scratch. They only trust their own code. Um, personally, I'm on the, the first developer type. I, I see, you know, WordPress and the entire open source uh, community being better by leveraging each other's code bases. So that's really what allowed us to get off the ground and up and running quickly. And sure, you know, we're, we're still doing stuff today uh, to, to refactor some code that, you know, might not work exactly how it would have been if we had done it ourselves from the get-go. But then again, we might have just launched six months ago rather than two and a half years ago. And it might have cost us, uh, you know, four times as much. So that was really the key to, to the way we built our product from the development standpoint. Awesome. Awesome. That that sounds great. So, uh, man, I really do love getting both perspectives. <laughs> cool. So why don't we talk about, and Devin, you hinted at this a little bit from the dev side, what transformations has Give gone through? So, you know, maybe you launched with a specific feature set and you added this uh, big piece of functionality later, or, or, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of question this is, right? Like, did you launch add-ons later and stuff like that? So, so we launched with a, a number of add-ons. I think it was like, how many add-ons? Like six to 10 add-ons initially. And the majority of them were payment gateways. Like we launched with Stripe, Authorize.net, all the popular payment gateways. And, and people looked at those and they said, this is great, you know, but we really want to be able to, one, add custom fields to the donation form and two, accept recurring donations. So we didn't really suspect that when we launched. We knew recurring donations were, was going to be a big feature, but the, the amount of development that would have taken to launch with our product would have been very difficult to, to get that to work, you know, to launch at the same time. So about uh, six to eight months after we launched, we released recurring donations, and then I think uh, around the same time, frame we launched uh, form field manager which uh, allows you to add those custom fields both those add-ons were pretty much must-have add-ons for a lot of our customers and I mean if you look at the success of our plugin the first six months it was it was doing all right but then after we released those add-ons and we released them at the right time 
we really started to see some success in the product. That's awesome. So I want to parse out uh, what you said about the right time. Was it like a specific time of year that you launched it? Or was it just like a specific time in the life of Give uh, that you did it? Were you guys like starting to pick up steam? Can you like elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think it was, it would have been nicer if it was in December when a lot of the giving happens, but, you know, we, we didn't want to launch a, a sort of beta version at the time. So we launched uh, in early January and we kind of played off of, uh, it's a new year, here's your new products, you know, and Matt did a lot of the lead up and build up to the to the launch. So Matt, why don't you kind of talk about what you did to kind of get the word out there and all that? Yeah. I mean, that goes a lot to what I was saying earlier about how our departments depend on each other during the time from like halfway through development of recurring donations. For example, I was getting, I don't know, 10, 15 requests a day for recurring donations. And I thought people were going to come out our office with pitchforks and, and <laughs> torches because they were so adamant that you can't be a donation plugin without recurring donations. And I just kept saying, we know we're building it. It's going to be incredible. Hang in there. Early on in that phase, I learned the number one lesson that every plugin developer should know is that's never give deadlines. <laughs> um, I, I did the, the bad thing of telling some people that we were going to be done at a certain time and we weren't even close to that time. Yeah, That's kind of where the pitchforks came from. But the the biggest thing was just, Basically, when people start to say, I really, really want this, and you're like, I know you I know you want it, don't don't push it away, like be like, okay, mental note, or tag it, or something, put it somewhere, because once you finally do have it, it's time to push, 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 be like, hey, that thing that you said you, de you desperately needed, it's available now, it's available now, and even before the, the launch, we emailed out uh, a couple emails saying, Hey, it's coming very, very soon. Here's some previews of it. It's going to be amazing. Basically, my the word I use all the time is prime the pump. When you're getting ready for a big uh, release like that, you have to prime the pump. And I, I've seen a couple shops do a really good job of that. Beaver Builder did a really good job of promoting their uh, Beaver Themer, I think is what it's called. <laughs> they, they, they had a long lead up to that and did a really good job of creating excitement around that release. And I'm certain that that paid off when it finally was released. I keep meaning to follow up on, with them. I, I chat with them often to, to see how successful it was because it seemed like they did a really good job there. But uh, the more you can prime that pump for something that's a must-have, like Devin said, the better it is. So, And that's really done, I really do think, like person to person. You, I mean, you could write blog articles and whatnot, but, but if you know somebody is interested, you have to hold on to that conversation and come back, circle back on it and... And um, and say, hey, we're we're about two weeks out from releasing this. I know you said you want it. It's going to be great. So that when that final email does come, they jump immediately, uh, which is what they did with recurring. It was it was a big deal. It was great. Nice. That's that's awesome. So we're coming up on time, and I've still got the two questions I like to ask the most, and then the bonus round. So, what are your plans for the future? Give forgive. Or yeah, me, yeah. Me personally, I'm Sorry. taking off. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are the plans for the future of Give? Do you have any? Um, uh, at the time, so uh, this is being recorded on May 25th, the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. I gotta say, nice. oh, wow. It's uh, it's probably gonna launch. People are listening to this now, and it's uh, probably July. 
Uh, so did you just launch any new fe- like put, put yourself in July? Did you just launch any new features? Are you are you close to coming out with anything new? I know you just said never give deadlines, but uh, yeah. So come July, we're gonna be coming up onto our 2.0 release, which I mentioned we're doing a lot of refactoring in in the core plugin. But we're also enhancing a lot of the features, such as how emails are created, how they're previewed, how you can send test emails, how you can have multiple recipients. We're doing a whole lot with uh, emails and uh, customization on that. As well for developers, there's a whole lot of good stuff under the hood. We're coming out with this new uh, forms API where you can pretty much make any sort of donation form you want, whether it's a one-page simple form or a a multi-step form similar to how uh, maybe Obama's form works on his charity website, really making it possible for you to make any sort of donation form you want uh, with Give. As well, we're also going to be doing a lot with our database uh, schema and really reorganizing a lot of the data so it can handle, uh, one, it's more efficient and more lightweight on your uh, core WordPress table. So we're going to be moving a lot of data out of some core WordPress tables and into our own tables. Um, You see a lot of these top e-commerce plugins like WooCommerce doing this. Now, you know, back in a couple years ago, custom tables used to be sort of a look down upon in WordPress, but now as long as you're responsibly handling that data, making it easy to uninstall that data when you want and to remove those tables, it's actually a really good thing. So 2.0 is chock full of good things. Um, As well, we'll be releasing new add-ons. We're going to be working on peer-to-peer and some crowdfunding add-ons here in the next uh, couple months. So, you know, if you want to make a site similar to like Kickstarter or maybe Patreon, um, more of a directory style, peer-to-peer sort of campaigning, uh, that that will be available within, uh, well, we're thinking, if we're in July right now, we're in the time frame within... No uh, deadlines, no deadlines. <laughs> no deadlines, yeah. But yeah, those are really priorities for us, and that's uh, what's coming up in the future. Nice. So, so those are... Maybe out and maybe coming soon, depending on when this episode drops. So, no so. promises. Def- definitely planned. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that sounds that sounds fantastic, and I'm excited to check those out because uh, that sounds like a lot of really really great stuff. That's going to be, um, you know, uh, I think more obviously applicable to more than just the nonprofit community, like we were talking about at the top of the show. Awesome. So my favorite question to ask. Uh, and you both can give an answer if you'd like. Well, do you have any trade secrets for us? Hmm. It's a tough question. What, what are trade secrets? <laughs> are trade secrets or WordPress in general trade secrets? Anything that you you deem worthy advice to give to the dozens of listeners. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. It's like a lot of, you know, I love my listeners. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of listeners. Hundreds, millions of listeners. So. Um, what is a trade secret? I don't know. Go to meetups. That's not really a secret. Uh, we're, we're big on community. That's for sure. Uh, nice. In open source, there are no secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Transparency. I, me personally, like when it comes to, like I was saying that, that I like to, I, I, I lean on other people all the time for their insights and everything. Sometimes I joke about how a lot of people will know exactly how everyone wants their coffee. Like everyone knows whether... Like my my wife is really good at this. She knows whether you like it black or with sugar or whatever. 
me personally, my thing is I have a thing where I know everybody's bat phone is what I call it. I know if they like to be <laughs> contacted on Skype or on Twitter or on Facebook or in Slack or which Slack it is. Like, I, I that's one of my things. I'm like, I, I, I know where people like to be uh, contacted because I, 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 I want to be able to get a response back quickly and not be like, oh, I didn't see this for two weeks. So Yeah, that's great. That's uh, That was actually two great pieces of advice, right? Go to meetups. There's likely one in whatever town uh, you are in and know how people like to be contacted. That's great because like people will send me like a Facebook message and I will not see that for weeks or I definitely won't respond to it for weeks because I don't have like the notification badge turned on. The thing that's telling me like, hey, get rid of me because it it bothers you. I I can't have any like of, like I have a game where I need to get rid of the red badges on my phone. So text messages are probably the best way to get an answer from me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, here's where we're on the bonus round. We're coming up to the bonus round. Uh, I'm going to ask you five quick questions. You give me your gut answer to them. Let me know when you're ready. 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 All right. What's your favorite book? The Physician. Uh, Pillars of the Earth. Nice. I've not heard of either of those, so I'm going to check both of those out. Pillars of the Earth. What's your favorite music? Uh, emo. Emo. Nice. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with funk. Funk. Very nice. So uh, it's either funk or jazz. It depends what what mode I'm in. Nice. So I'm a big, or I was at least in high school, a big emo listener. What's your favorite band, Devin? Wow, that's hard. I don't know. Saves the Day is a good band. Saves the Day. Yes, I'm going to listen to Saves the Day after this now. That's why I ask these questions. I need ideas. For example, it's around dinner time for me now, so what's your favorite food? Mexican. Definitely Mexican. Man, that is quickly becoming the most popular answer, like tacos or just Mexican in general. I think I think uh, we have a commonality in the WordPress space. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite sports team or who's your favorite athlete? Uh, Arizona basketball and uh, favorite athlete, Ricky Fowler. Nice. I gave up sports in order to have a family, but Tony Gwynn was always my big hero. Tony Gwynn, very nice. That's right, San Diego guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. And this last question, it's hard for me to generalize this question, so... The way that I posed it to myself was, if computers didn't exist, what would I do as a profession? So uh, if you guys couldn't make plugins or do agency work or what have you, what would you do for work? Teaching. Nice. I'd probably be in the military or something. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. I don't know that I've given the answer on the show yet. So my answer is animator, which is not nearly as noble as teaching or joining the military. Uh, <laughs> can you do that without a computer anymore? Does anybody do it without a computer? No, anymore? nobody does. So I'd, I'd be... You're going to be I'd like be a flip book? Like, yeah. yeah. I'd be an out-of-work animator. So <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. I had a lot of fun today. Yeah, us too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Fantastic. What a just a great conversation. A couple of really great guys. Uh, so thanks so much to Matt and Devin for being on the show. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, why don't you head over to Apple Podcasts, uh, previously iTunes. I think they're both kind of the same now. 
and uh, leave a review and a rating and let me know how I'm doing. Uh, and maybe I will even read your rating or review. I won't read your rating, uh, but I'll read your review on the show uh, on the air. And it's a really great way for me to uh, understand the listeners and, and what you like and what you don't like. And it's also a great way for people to discover the show. So once again, thank you so much to my guests. Thank you for listening. Thanks to the sponsors, Liquid Web and SightLock. Definitely check them out. And until next time, get out there and build something.